welcome back to Rabbit Hole Happy Hour. I'm Ashley. I am Mallory. And you're here with us on our 26th episode. We got our first skating review last week. (laughs) Yeah. Approximately one star. So I wanted to talk about it for a little bit. I don't want to seem butthurt or anything, but (laughs) um, so the listener who gave us one star claimed there were some inaccuracies in our Skylar Niece episode. So I just wanted to talk about that. If we're ever like wrong about some details or inaccurate or something, please just email us and let us know so we can correct it. Mm -hmm. Um, This person pointed out several things that were inaccurate, but like didn't send us a source, didn't like, so I had to go through and like, it's no big deal, but I went back and tried to figure out like where they were getting that from. So the thing they pointed out that was inaccurate was that after Rachel and Sheila murdered Skylar that they had sex in the woods. Apparently this person said that that was just a theory by one of the detectives. So I I looked into it and I couldn't find anything. And then I went back to my source, which was the book Pretty Little Killers. And I found exactly where it was in the book, like via the audiobook. And I was like, okay, well, I don't understand. Like this is in this book. So I was like, okay, well maybe I'll check the book reviews to make sure like it's factually accurate and all that. Mm -hmm. See if anybody mentioned it. Yeah. So I went and um, there were lots of good reviews, but then there are lots of bad reviews too, citing this particular part of the book Uh, a fucking course. Oh my God. And so the only reason I didn't catch it is because I listened to the audio book and in the actual paperback book, they have a footnote after that line and the footnote says this is a theory by one of the detectives this may or may not have happened oh so i since i was listening to the story did not see that so for that i apologize i never want to spread misinformation so it's a may or may not situation and yeah so next time if there's anything off or we got a detail wrong just email us we never want to Give the wrong information. Yeah, we want to know what you know that's, you know, incorrect or what we need to fix. And we can't do that if it's a one-sided conversation. So needless to say, I do not recommend this book. And again, I'm sorry for that detail that I included that may or may not be true. Never want to spread a false narrative. But the listener did point out something that was totally my mistake. Skylar Niece was 16 years old at the time of her murder, not 15. I misspoke. (laughs) And it's funny because Mallory actually mentioned like, oh, she's 15. And I was like, no, she's 16. And then we were like, I cut that out of the episode, but we were like, what? Wait. So I was (laughs) wrong. (laughs) I'm sorry. And another thing, they mentioned another part of the episode where we were just talking about what if this was the case? What if that was the case? Mallory and I have an open dialogue as we share these stories, and we like to talk through opinions and what ifs, so our thoughts and theories are not meant to be taken as fact, and we try to use the word allegedly or maybe or what if when we discuss our thoughts, but like, mm-hmm. we're going to continue to do that, and... Because who doesn't want to discuss their theories about a case? Yeah. So I think this person misunderstood that I was saying some part of the story was a fact when it was the part where I was talking about Rachel's Twitter, how a lot of the tweets have been taken down, but then someone was reposting stuff. 
And I had said, what if it's her wife? Not saying it was oh, her wife. I yeah. don't know that. How the hell would I know that? Right. But it was just kind of like a conversation. But anyway, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> you. All I got to say is people need to learn how to listen. <laughs> yeah. Anyways. Well, that's good. We set the record straight. Yeah. We never want to, you know, make up things in the story or anything. We want to be respectful. And tell, no, we're not here to tell facts. you our fiction writing. Right. Like, <laughs> so, anywho, is anything new with you, Mallory? Yeah, so what's new with us? <laughs> I guess I should talk about why we're recording on Sunday instead of Saturday. <laughs> oh, I don't think they would even know unless we I know. <laughs> release a day late. But that's true. No, I, over the weekend, I somehow came across this website that had like, data sets that had been leaked. It was It's kind of like a WikiLeaks website or whatever. And they have leaks from a lot of QAnon organization, like militia groups. And then some police leaked documents. And like, I think there's some from like the Trump administration and stuff like that. Anyways, there's like a whole bunch of stuff. But some of these files are like huge. There's like so much information in them. And how do you even go through like that much information and figure out anything? So I was like, how do people look at this information? And I know there's such things as like data analysts and stuff. Like, what do they do? So I found out that there's like this programming language called, it's either called SQL or SQL. I've seen it both ways. I don't know. Anyway, I call it SQL. Sorry. I highly doubt anybody that listens to this is a programmer. So <laughs> <laughs> maybe, I don't know. So I was like, oh my God, I'm going to learn this. <laughs> and so I went on, two different websites and did their free lessons and stuff like that, where you could actually like do coding along with it. And it was so much fun and I could not stop doing it. I was like looking for other places to be able to like practice doing it. Oh man. And I literally did it like all day and the next day. (laughs) That's awesome. (laughs) Another skill. Mallory's going to hack into another (laughs) thing and find out some juicy details. Yeah. So yeah, that's what's new with me. What else is new? I don't think anything else. I forgot if so. I've been so consumed by programming. There's this website that I found Mm -hmm. where you can like do challenges and then they get like harder and stuff like that. And so I've been like... It's like a game. Yeah. (laughs) It's like that typing game where you can see how many words a minute you can get and it has a little race. (laughs) Yeah. I don't know. Except not. (laughs) (laughs) It's a little different because it's more like Tons of, not tons, but like, I'm sure a lot of people use it and you get like ranks and stuff like that. And yeah. What if you've just uncovered your next like career move? Oh my God. I don't know. Like data analysts and data engineers and stuff make a shitload of money. You should. So you seem really into it. So (laughs) yeah, keep going. Yeah. I'm gonna for now. That's awesome. (laughs) Yeah. Well, I don't think there's anything new with me. We had my sister-in-law's baby shower. This weekend. Nice. I'm really looking forward to that little baby being born. What does um, she do? He. Uh, he. Why? Is due in January. January 11th, I think. But we're all thinking it's going to probably be earlier than that. Oh. Yeah. So I'm really excited to be an aunt for the first time. That's awesome. But let me see. Hmm. Halloween was really cool. Oh, Yeah. What did you guys end up doing? We took Adrian, my son, trick-or-treating, but we made his costume and we made him a fire truck costume out of a yeah. box and, mas- and masking tape. So, or no, it looked so tape. good. 
Thank you. (laughs) It was really well done. Yeah, it was just an old box and some duct tape. And we ordered lights off Amazon, like to make little headlights and then the siren on the top. And he already had a fireman's like jacket, rain jacket thing. And then just like a fireman's helmet. And he was so cute. He had such a fun time. But that was really it. Did you go trick-or-treating in your neighborhood? We went to my dad's neighborhood. Oh, okay. They have a really small neighborhood that just goes in one big circle, so it was really easy for, like, a toddler to do. Yeah. Just, you know, we got home by his bedtime, which is nice. Nice. Although he is, like, addicted to lollipops. Really? Yeah. Oh, my so, God. <laughs> we had trick-or-treaters. We had probably, like, 10 or 15 of them, and I was surprised. Well, not really too surprised that a kid would climb our, our driveway is like Mount Everest. I'd, I'm at Mallory's today, the haunted house. And yeah. driving up the driveway, I had to gun it. Yeah. It was <laughs> steep. So steep. Uh, but not one single parent came up with their kids. They're like waiting at the bottom of the hill. <laughs> yeah. They're like, fuck that. Yeah. <laughs> Didn't seem to bother the kids though. Cool. Yeah. So I gave away almost all of our candy. I probably should have bought more just to be safe, but... That's awesome. Ended up being okay. <laughs> oh, how could we forget? Something's new with the Delphi case. Yes. <laughs> if you're not a part of our Facebook group or didn't see like my post or anything or haven't even seen it in the news or Reddit or whatever, they have arrested somebody and they said at first in connection with the murder of Abby and Libby, which we did a previous episode on. You should totally listen to it if you haven't because that case is just crazy. Yeah, episode 10. Yeah, that's right. And he's been charged with two counts of felony murder now. So we're pretty positive that this is bridge guy. Yeah. And I've seen lots of pictures of him and he has like the same stature and even the some of the same clothes. I saw pictures of him wearing this like navy blue windbreaker thing. jacket. Yeah. Yeah. There are like videos of him speaking. And so I've only seen one. I know there's a couple more out there, but the one that I saw the voice sounded very similar to the voice recording that Mm -hmm. they had released earlier too. So, I don't know. It seems like it's him. It's actually really surprising because I was, like, at least 90% sure it was going to be a Klein that yes, they arrested. Yes, we were dead set that it was, like, Tony Klein. Yeah. Well, they still have to be connected. There's too much coincidence. Yeah, I think there's probably still a connection. Yeah. Cheer that probably, guys. Probably. <laughs> we're not sure. We're theorizing. Yes, but we do know that Kagan Klein did make a fake profile and was messaging Libby the day of the murder and was at the Monon High Bridge that day. Yeah. The park. Yeah. In a car. So either it's a complete crazy and really scary coincidence. That would be insane if it was. Or there's some connection. And I think in episode 10, I even was theorizing that there was some kind of like child sexual abuse materials ring or Mm -hmm. I don't know something between some guys yeah the Carroll County judge who was previously on this case had written a court order on November 2nd basically requesting the transfer of his name is we didn't even say his name his name is Richard Allen they wanted to transfer him for safekeeping because he said that the public was out of control and he actually kind of went off on a tangent saying the public had bloodlust for information. And uh, so my favorite line is 
all of the public servants are simply people doing their jobs. They're, they're saying that they're being harassed too. Mm-hmm. And most of the public servants are woefully underpaid. He like threw in all of these irrelevant facts yeah. and kind of basically had a mini meltdown in the court order, which was very weird. And I mean, frankly, kind of unprofessional because it's a court document. Yeah. So why are you going to like blog on it? <laughs> yeah. He was blogging in the court order. Yeah. And he also claimed that anyone who was pressing for this information only wanted it for their own financial gain. Yeah. This has been a case everyone's been obsessed with finding out what happened for five years. Mm-hmm. And yeah. of course people want to know. But at the same time, I understand why they're not releasing it. Yeah. But I've heard that it's exceedingly rare that they don't I've release heard that it. too. And there's going to be a hearing on whether they are going to actually release it or not yeah. at some point coming up soon. Well. If there's other people involved, don't you think releasing that information might possibly hinder the investigation? Like these, if these other people involved were to hear these details, maybe I, the I one person I'm worried about is Tony Klein because yeah. he's not in jail. Right. Right. He's not in jail. And or I if think there's other people we don't even know about, we didn't even know about Richard Allen. Is that his name? Yeah. Nobody, this was, he was on nobody's radar. Yeah. No one, no media, nobody. But anyways, the judge ended up the very next day recusing himself because he basically just said, I am literally the only judge and it's too much. And, and I, I get that. I mean, did put himself in a situation where he's like showing his emotions. He's getting too. Yes, I think that's the hidden right. reason behind it. <laughs> My opinion only. Mm-hmm. <laughs> he was but, probably asked to recuse himself like, dude, maybe you blew it, buddy. I don't yeah, know. Yeah, definitely. Maybe. Yeah. But it was a very unprofessional court order that he released the day prior. So, oh, my God, it's crazy. But Mallory posted all that information on our Facebook group. It's just in one big thread that she made. Yeah, you can go and read. I put the whole court order on there where he's having a meltdown. So you can go read that if you want to. So, yeah, we're just waiting. I think I don't know when his next court date is. I thought they said March of 2023. Yeah, it's going to be a little while, but. That's always pushed back. We had talked about right. that. Yeah. And the trial, I'm sure, will be pushed back. And and I think I heard that it won't be recorded or aired. I believe that. Yeah. Oh, another thing that we can share now. Oh, um, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> oh, my God. So We've been keeping this a secret from you guys for a long time. <laughs> yeah, not that it was like a really a big deal because nothing came of it. But in February, we got an email from a producer at 48 Hours. He actually emailed, found us on Facebook, yes. Instagrammed us, every possible avenue. Yes. Yeah, so we were like, what the hell is this about? We ended up having a three-way call with him, and he was interested in more details on the Chandler-Halderson case. He had heard our episode, I think it was episode seven, and they were working on an episode about the case And they were looking for more information on people that might be willing to be interviewed. Mm -hmm. And he was saying that they were having a hard time finding family and friends that would actually be willing to be interviewed on the show. So they were thinking about inviting podcasters to be interviewed to give their perspective. Mm -hmm. And he had told us our episode was very well done. (laughs) (laughs) 
like yes. he we knew more than he did yes a yeah, 48 he, hours producer he was asking you about stuff that you found yeah he was like where did you find this and all this and I was like wow this is so crazy yeah we were like oh my god we've made it <laughs> like literally what how many episodes in not even that many yeah seven but we never like he never reached back out so we were like eh, whatever yeah but they just released the episode on Saturday, which is November 5th. So the episode on Chandler Halderson, I think it's called The Snapchat Clue is the name of the episode. So yeah, I did hear that. I didn't watch it, but I did hear that they did not get a whole lot of family and friends to be interviewed on the show. So oh, wow. they just kind of like worked with what they had. Yeah. That's so crazy that everyone's not talking. Well, I mean, that's tragic. I... I yeah, that would that be was so a difficult. Super tragic case. Yeah, yeah, and so I was on the Chandler Halderson subreddit today because someone had posted about the episode, and I just clicked on it, and then I found they have released his girlfriend's police interview. Oh, the whole thing, so you can see her like without her mask on because at the trial she had her mask on the whole time. She rarely spoke, but you could see like the whole interview, and she's the one really that broke the case. Because she's mm-hmm. the one that had his Snapchat location, took screenshots yeah. to prove that he did it. Yes. So it goes through all of that. I didn't get to listen to the whole thing. But that's out there now. So that's kind of interesting. But yeah. That's crazy. Wow. So what are we drinking tonight, Mals? Oh, we're drinking a very lazy drink. It's bringing me back to 2006. It's bringing me back to the club. Yeah. <laughs> Bringing me back to the well drink. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I'm doing a keto diet right now, so Yay. I couldn't have anything too fancy. <laughs> so we're drinking whiskey and Diet Coke. <laughs> has yeah. nothing to do with my story. It's purely just diet reasons. So sorry, I know. Guys. I had texted Mallory and I was like, we don't have to drink tonight if you don't want to for your diet. And she's like, well, we can do whiskey Diet Coke. And I was like, hmm, I wonder if it's a story about, like, something in Cuba, like Cuba Libre (laughs) or something. Isn't that a rum and coke? Oh, is it? I think so. So, yeah. I don't know, guys. Yeah. It's not. (laughs) No, it's just for handiness. Well, I guess if there's nothing else, I guess we can get into it. Can't think of anything else. Very cool. All right. So, I am telling you guys, tonight... The story of Missy Beavers. Missy was born, her legal name is Terry Leanne, and her maiden name is Strickland, on August 9th, 1970, in Graham, Texas. She went by the name Missy for most of her life. And so in 1997, Missy was working at a Beals department store where she met and became friends with a woman named Marsha Tucker. Marsha really liked Missy, and so she introduced her to her son, thinking that it would be a good match. And they ended up exchanging numbers, and not long after, they were planning their first date. Oh, nice. On the day of the date, Brandon had just been to a wedding, so he ended up showing up to their first date in a tuxedo. (laughs) And Missy thought it was hilarious. (laughs) Nine months later, only nine months later, on June 20th, 1998, Missy and Brandon got married. Oh, wow. And then they went on an Alaskan cruise for their honeymoon. They look like a normal couple. Yeah, totally normal people. Okay. When they got back to Texas after the honeymoon, Missy ended up getting her certification to be a special education teacher. And she did that for about two years until her first daughter, Hannah, was born in 2001. 
Two years later, their second daughter, Allie, was born. And four years later, their youngest daughter, Sarah, was born. Nothing was more important to Missy than her daughters. After Hannah was born, she quit teaching and became a stay-at-home mom. But once her youngest, Sarah, was in second grade, Missy decided she wanted to pursue a career in fitness training because she was passionate about staying in shape. Oh, dang. She has some guns on her. She does. She's very fit. Missy ended up hooking up with this company called Camp Gladiator, which was actually founded by a woman named Allie Davidson, who was on the show American Gladiators and won. Whoa. <laughs> I know. It's crazy. I w- how are people into fitness? I don't know. <laughs> like, how are they into that? I, I don't know. <laughs> I want to be into that. Like, I wish to Jesus I was into it. Like, I want to love running. I want to go running and love it. Yeah, me too. Instead, I love doing shit that makes me sit at the computer for 12 hours. Yes, same. (laughs) So, great. Thanks, universe. So, Camp Gladiator is a company. They employ certified fitness trainers from around the country. And those trainers lead four-week fitness programs in locations that are local to them. Missy became one of their trainers. And... She led her sessions at a church called Creekside Church of Christ in Midlothian, Texas, which was about 20 minutes away from where she and her family lived in Red Oak, Texas. On April 14th, 2016, Missy traveled to Austin, Texas for the Camp Gladiator Total Transformation Boot Camp. Oh, dang. Yeah. I couldn't find specifics on their website, but from what I could find, it was just like a month-long program. I think it was aimed more towards like new people trying to get them involved. And then they actually did stuff like measuring your baseline with, they actually do it at Orange Theory, one of those in-body scanner things. Oh, yeah. And then they do it again at the end to see how you've improved. Which, speaking of, I've got to fucking do that again. Uh, yeah, I plan to go back this week. You're going this week? Mm-hmm. Okay. Oh, fuck. <laughs> I don't want to, but uh, it's going to be tough. Yeah. Gotta take it slow. Missy posted a lot on Facebook during her time in Austin. She was like super excited to be there. It really sounded like doing this was like her passion. Mm -hmm. She was into it. She made several excited posts about being at the Camp Gladiator Arena and their amenities and activities. But she did take time to make a post asking for prayers for her husband, Brandon, because he was having a minor surgery on April 15th. And she made an appreciation post for her daughter, Allie, who helped her out a lot at her fitness sessions back in Midlothian. And she made a post about her daughter, Sarah, who was going to a sock hop and gave credit to her daughter, Hannah, for doing her hair. (laughs) Mm -hmm. But it was funny in the comments on that picture, her daughter, Allie, actually said, excuse me, I did the hair. (laughs) (laughs) That's cute. And Missy just said, I'm sorry, Allie, you rock. I miss you and I love you. Aww. So, as I mentioned, Missy's husband, Brandon, was having some sort of minor surgery on April 15th, and his mother, Marcia, took him to the surgery since Missy was out of town. Afterwards, Missy texted Marcia to thank her for helping out and told her that she loved her. This, unfortunately, would be the very last text Martha would ever get from Missy. Okay. The next day, Brandon boarded a plane. It must have been really minor surgery. Yeah. Like super, I don't know why he needed to even be driven. Like <laughs> getting a mole removed off his ass. Or... <laughs> Maybe a colonoscopy. Oh, it could have been. Hmm. You definitely need to be driven for that. Yeah. Could have been something like that. 
he had a annual company organized fishing trip, apparently. He boarded a plane to go to Biloxi, Mississippi. And so the morning of Sunday, April 16th, Brandon posted on his Facebook at 5.20 a.m. that he was taking a noon flight out of Texas, and he arrived in Biloxi around 7.30. Old people post so much on Facebook. So much and so little actual content. Yeah, like no one cares. Literally no one cares. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, my God. One of my favorite subreddits is old people Facebook. Yes. (laughs) (laughs) It's the best. Did you see the one where this lady... Like, was talking to herself on Messenger because she thought it was <laughs> someone else talking to her. I don't think so. <laughs> it was, like, um, Facebook Marketplace, and she was asking, like, do you still have the shelves? And then she responds back to herself, like, a day later, like, I don't have shelves. I never had shelves. <laughs> oh, my something. God. I love that. It's British. so amazing. We're going to slowly get out of that era where people have so much trouble with technology. Uh. <laughs> going to be embedded in us i know it's crazy so the same day around the same i think it was at like 7 50 missy posted on her facebook page the time and the place for her following monday morning fitness class that she was holding and it was like a graphic that says if it's raining we're still training <laughs> and it says no excuses you are gladiators so missy likely drove home from austin on sunday afternoon and arrived home sometime in the evening probably sometime shortly before her husband landed in Mississippi. A few hours later, Brandon, another pointless post, posted a picture on Facebook of the exterior of a restaurant in Biloxi called Half Shell Oyster House. I'm sure it wasn't that interesting. (laughs) (laughs) Saying, first stop after a five-hour plane trip. (laughs) It's like Longhorn. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) These people love posting on Facebook. Not long after, at 9.23 p.m., Missy posted on Facebook again that she was going to bed. Wow. (laughs) Because she needed to be up at 3.30 the next morning because her class was the next day and it was at 5. She would get there so early. Like, so early. What's wrong with these people? I don't know. I don't get it. Brandon called her that night and she answered, but she was already kind of like half asleep. She told him she hoped he would sleep well and that she loved him. They hung up and this was the last time Brandon would ever hear his wife's voice. About two minutes away from the Creekside Church of Christ, where Missy led her fitness sessions, there is a store called SWFA Outdoors. It is a typical outdoor store. You know, they have camping crap, everything, hunting gear. About 2 a.m. on Monday the 18th, surveillance cameras on the outside of SWFA Outdoors picked up a light-colored sedan pulling into the parking lot. And... I have a video for you. It doesn't have any sound, so we'll have to cut this out. Okay. Okay. Hmm. So what did you see? (laughs) Okay, so I saw that it's raining, so they're definitely going to still be training. Yes, but they're going to move it indoors. Oh, okay. So basically, the silver sedan is driving around a shopping center parking lot for like seven minutes. Mm -hmm. They park, stay there for three minutes. They like stop suddenly, randomly. To me, it seems like... Something's going on in the car. Yeah, and the, but they're turning their lights on and off repeatedly, yeah. like over and over again. And yeah, just braking suddenly, stopping. So yeah, basically the car pulls into the parking lot, turns off its headlights immediately. It drives around the parking lot for about three minutes, just 
circling parking spaces and circling the building. And then they eventually park. And while it was circling, the headlights come back on and go off several times, sometimes only for just a second mm-hmm. for some reason. And it's then like they, they're flashing their lights. Yeah. And then they parked and turned them off. And then sometimes they'll slow almost down to a stop in the middle, not like while they're where they're supposed to stop, just yeah. kind of randomly. And then eventually they turn the headlights back on and loop back around to the entrance and they leave. If I were like a security person watching this footage, I'd definitely think something sketchy was going on. Yeah, me too. Mm-hmm. Like, what are you doing at two in the morning? Yeah. And the flashing of the lights makes you think they're signaling something or. Yes. It's super weird. Or that there's like some kind of chaos happening in the car and they're like hitting their lights or something or they keep hitting the brakes or I don't know. Like yeah. There's a struggle. I don't know. But then they calmly leave with their blinker on. Yeah. So. <laughs> and then they calmly exit and put their blinker on. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so weird. Yeah. Two hours later at 3.50 a.m., interior cameras at the Creekside Church of Christ where Missy was having her class before she got there, they caught a person entering the church, and it was not Missy. And I have another video for you. Okay. Okay, what did you think about that? (laughs) Yeah, that was creepy. This person, do they break in or is it just open? They later found out they broke in. They broke into the church. They're wearing like a helmet and a police jacket. It's like SWAT gear. Yeah. Yeah. And... They have kind of like this weird bow-legged walk, mm-hmm. and they're just it's like, like duck-footed. Yeah, like- yeah, duck-footed. And they are like trying to break into certain areas of the church. Yeah, they're seen like trying to open some doors, kind of just like trying different things, trying to get in some places. So I described it. A person dressed in full SWAT-like police gear is seen walking the hallways of the church. They're wearing a helmet with a pull-down visor. A vest with the word police in big white letters on the back, Mm -hmm. black boots, pants, gloves, and they're carrying something with them that looks like either a crowbar or a hammer or something because they were like, in one of the views, you can see they're like breaking a window because you can see the glass Mm -hmm. come out. They also have a flashlight on their helmet, which they turned on towards the end of the video. So just as a side note, people that have seen this video, because obviously it was released to the public have said that it doesn't look like current or modern SWAT gear. appears to be outdated, which that kind of gear is apparently readily available online for anyone in the public to purchase. Oh, wow. Kind of like how they sell old army shit at like an army surplus store or whatever. So anyway, the person, you know, has a very distinct walk. Like we said, it's kind of duck-footed and they kind of wobble when they... Yeah, (laughs) they they sway back and forth. Yes. Kind of like they just shit their pants or something. Yeah. (laughs) The thing that I hate the most about it is that they are just chill mm-hmm. they are not in a rush to do anything they're just casually they're not looking the over their shoulder they're nope. not uh-uh. worried at all breaking windows trying to unlock doors just casually taking their time it's so weird it's so bizarre yeah ew we don't know what time the person actually entered the church because the exterior cameras of the church were not working at the time It's believed that the perpetrator entered the church through the kitchen door at the north side of the building. The metal kitchen door had a glass window and that window was broken. So they're thinking, break it and put your arm in and unlock Mm -hmm. it. The person then goes to the adjoining room, which is the cafeteria. And they know that because when they walk out of the cafeteria, that's when they're first captured on the surveillance video at 3.50 a.m. 
Several other windows were found broken in the church, but they were like higher up and not really accessible as an entrance to the building. So we're thinking maybe they were testing for an alarm system or, you know, kind of case in the joint to see if they were okay or if police were about to come. So after exiting the cafeteria, person, like I said, just casually walked down the hallway, running a gloved hand down the wall. Like, nothing. Yeah, that was weird. That was weird. They wander the halls, attempt to open several doors. And at some point, they walk down the west hallway of the church, heading in the direction of the southwest entrance. There's a skip in the video at this point, presumably withheld by police. Mm. We then see the person enter an alcove area with their headlamp on. The headlamp was not on the entire time. They turned it on at some point. And the alcove is a doorway to the worship center, the sanctuary. And there weren't any surveillance cameras that caught that angle. So at 4.16 a.m., Missy arrived to the church and parked near the southwest entrance. Her class was scheduled to meet her there at 5 a.m., and a few minutes later, she entered the church. At 4.35 a.m., the first Camp Gladiator attendee arrived at the church. So Missy sometimes had people that would come early and do, like, what she called early bird workouts. Mm -hmm. So I think that's part of the reason why she was there so early. Oh, yeah. But this person that got there so early, it was their first time attending class with Missy. So he actually didn't even know he could enter the building before 5 a.m. So he waited outside for 25 minutes Oh man! until another person came that was attending the class and they knew that they could get in. Okay. And by that time, four other people had arrived for the class and they all entered the building together, walking in to see Missy dead on the floor, surrounded by glass. And one or more of the tools her attacker had been carrying was around her as well. Oh, my God. Isn't that crazy? Oh, my this God. This is scary that, shit. That is so scary. Yeah. I was just thinking how creepy it would be to, like, enter into a dark church that early mm-hmm. in the morning by yourself. Super creepy. And I, like, just saw on your picture here, like, Missy, it has her here and then. I see what you're saying. Yeah. Her path. And then her car. So I was like looking at that. Oh, my God. Yeah. Was this like a opportunity? I don't know. What's (laughs) happening? So the people that were there for her class called 911 immediately. And within 10 minutes, actually, both fire and police arrived on the scene. One of the attendees called Missy's husband, Brandon. I guess maybe they knew him or must have had his phone number to tell him what happened. And he drove a rental car back to Texas immediately. Oh, my God. By 3.30 p.m. the same day, the Midlothian Police Department gave their first press conference on the case, led by Police Chief Carl Smith. He explains that they were called for an unresponsive female, and they actually, which I thought was really weird, they identified her. They said her name. but called her Terry, her legal name. Mm-hmm. They searched the entire church, didn't find anybody remaining in the building. He said they found evidence of forced entry possibly suggesting a burglary, and then Missy was pronounced dead on the scene. Missy was transported to Dallas County Medical Examiner's office, and he refers to the suspect as an unknown male and stated that they would be putting the surveillance video up on their YouTube channel for the public to view. So they put that stuff out immediately. Oh, wow. That's horrifying. Mm -hmm. He goes on to say that Missy's murder was the first murder in Midlothian in seven years. Wow. Which, it's a smaller town, but it's kind of crazy. Yeah. 
it seems as though at this point, the police believe that this was really just a random burglary. Of course, it was still the same day of the murder. They didn't have anything in terms of an investigation at this point. But, you know, they were thinking Missy was just in the wrong place at the wrong time. A reporter at this press conference actually asked him if they had any evidence of anything being taken from the church, though. And he said that there was no evidence of anything being missing at this point. And then they said they were not going to release any information on her injuries at that time. Mm. By 6.30 p.m., police had executed a search warrant for Missy's 2012 Ford F-150 pickup truck, which was still parked at the church at that time. It had her purse, iPad, other personal items inside. And then, of course, the media immediately, they wasted no time in approaching Brandon, her husband, who had just gotten home. Oh, my God. Immediately. Literally, like, 20 minutes ago. Probably (laughs) not even seen her. Mm -mm. Oh, my God. But... He agreed to do an interview. What the hell? (laughs) I have another video for you. (laughs) Oh, my God. (laughs) Sorry. Tell me, Brandon, where were you when you heard about it? Can you give me a kind of a reaction? I was in uh, Biloxi, Mississippi, uh, about to go on a fishing trip down on the Chandelure Islands. And uh, I heard about it this morning. I received a phone call from a couple of Missy's campers. And uh, had I been out on that ship, I would have had no contact for a few days. But uh, uh, what do you want people to know about your wife? <clears throat> My wife was a very uh, she was very passionate about uh, transforming people's lives physically and mentally. Uh, she uh, became involved in uh, physical fitness a few years ago and and she transformed herself into a just a very fit person and and her desire was to uh to do that for others and i've seen it uh, i've seen her do that for others and i've seen the impact that it's had on other people and uh i'm very thankful for that and i'm uh, thankful for her uh being such a good wife and a good mother to our children um and she's uh, she's she's had a very uh, impactful relationship with a lot of people here in our community, and I'm very thankful for all of it. I can only barely imagine what you must be going through, what you and your family must be going through now. Uh, I uh, I haven't had time to absorb this yet. I just got home about 15 minutes ago, and uh, I just I haven't had time to 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 reel it in. At that time, had the police talked to you? Really? I've talked to them on the phone. Um, they uh, they haven't given me any detailed information. Uh, they've given me bits and pieces that are probably as much as you know right now, uh, but I don't know any specifics. I promise this would be short. Anything else you'd like to say to the community about about what has happened and about your wife? Um, I've lived here. We've lived here for 20 years, and we've been in this community for longer than that. I have personally, and I've never known of I've never known of anything uh, of this nature uh, to happen. Um, I just uh, I pray that uh, you know whoever did this will be caught, and uh, I pray for all of the people who uh, who cared so much about my wife and. uh, I'm very, very sorry.
you know how I feel about <laughs> friends, family, you know, people doing interviews <laughs> immediately after the person that is either missing or found dead. <laughs> that immediately raised red flags for me. I don't want to speak out of line, but like. You're not alone in thinking that. Okay. At all. I can't imagine like finding out my wife died. I mean, I know we're all different. We react to things differently, but to find out my spouse died and just to get home and to talk to someone and be like totally like, yeah, she loved fitness, you know. He was talking about, about her, her like he was making journey. a reference to somebody about her. Like, I don't know what I don't know. It's so weird. It didn't seem like like he even knew her or like he was even Yeah. It was so weird and I don't even know what to say. Yeah, I immediately was like, okay, <laughs> I see where this is going. Yeah. I'm sure the police thought the same thing. I'm sure they did at the time. But yeah, like I said, you're not alone in thinking that that interview was kind of weird. Mm-hmm. The comments on this YouTube video, every single one, mm-hmm. every single comment, they rip Brandon apart for this interview. Mm-hmm. There are almost no comments in the section that say Anything except that they immediately suspect something is up with him. Yeah. I mean, I, I feel the same way. I don't know. I can relate with that one. That's what, exactly what I was thinking. <laughs> so some of the comments read, one person said it was a hit made by him. And someone said husband's alibi is a little too perfect. And then someone said, well, he just screams guilty, doesn't he? And talking about his body language is weird. And... Someone said 15 minutes home and he's already giving interviews. And the fact that he took a picture of the restaurant, and he's like giving these play-by-plays on his Facebook. Documenting where he was. Yeah. <laughs> Makes you think at least. Yeah. May not, not be. I don't know what I've I actually I have not heard about this. So oh, you I, haven't? I oh, good. Yay. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. I don't good. know. I. This is just. But on the same token or whatever. What's the phrase? <laughs> I don't know. In any case, I mean, you still have to remind yourself that everyone processes things differently. Yeah. He could have just been in shock and like yeah. going through the mo- like, right. Okay, I'll give it like, he what? could have just been in shock. Yeah. And just saying whatever the hell. Right. He could muster. Yeah. So that is where I have my break. Perfect. Because I have to whiz. Okay. <laughs> then we'll see you guys in a second. Yeah. Yeah. We're back. We're back. We got to see Mallory's <laughs> little brother. Yep, Houston. I was just telling Mallory the last time I saw him was when she had knee surgery, which was in 2009. And they were, he was like a little child. Which he was, so he was literally a child. He's 27 now. So he's 17. Yeah. Well, I thought he was younger than that. But he looks. Super different. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Super different. But yeah, Mallory had a knee surgery and she was in her bed and she had, was hooked up to this <laughs> machine <laughs> called a Legasis. <laughs> I literally couldn't believe when she just pulled that name out of her ass like just a second ago. I was like, how the fuck do you remember that it was called the Legasis? It was this machine that basically because they used my own hamstring to replace my ACL it was supposed to stretch it out. So I would be in the bed for six hours at a time and it would Your just... Your dream. <laughs> yeah, it was my dream. <laughs> I wish I could do it now. I would stick my leg in it and it would literally just bend my leg back and yeah. forth and it would increase over time so that the tendon would stretch out. Yeah. That's nice. But I, I remember thinking that that was a hilarious name. Yeah. 
<laughs> not Pegasus. Legasus. Not Lexus. <laughs> but Legasus. Yeah. <laughs> oh my god. Anyway. That was horrible. <laughs> Although I remember when I had that surgery, they gave me like really strong pain meds. And the first week after that surgery, I have no memory of. Mm. You don't remember me, Amanda, your whole family being in your apartment? I remember my mom came. Your grandparents were there. I do not remember my grandparents being there. (laughs) I do not remember that. I do remember there was one night when, like, I think Mason was over and you were over. Mm, Yeah, that's when we were hanging out with Mason a lot. But anyway. (laughs) Pay meds. (laughs) So, back to the story. Yes. On April 19th, which was the day after Missy was murdered, her autopsy was completed by the Dallas County Medical Examiner. Midlothian police still did not release her cause of death, hoping to keep an upper hand in the investigation. Later that day, a warrant was issued for the data on Missy's electronic devices. And in this warrant, it states specifically that Missy had multiple puncture wounds found in her head and her chest that were consistent with the tools that the perpetrator was carrying. Oh my God. That's brutal. Yes. Why not? If it was a hit, like, wouldn't you just shoot them? Quick and out. Yeah. Yeah. That's what I would think. That's weird. It is strange. It's very strange. On the same day, the Midlothian police made another statement through the assistant chief of police, Kevin Johnson, who said, quote, we are backing off our statement that the suspect on the video was a man. I know we said he over and over again yesterday, and that was a mistake. There's a lot of speculation based on the gait and appearance that this person may be a woman. Oh my God. It's a legitimate question right now. We no longer will say the suspect is a man. Is that crazy? Yeah. I'm shocked. I am too. I assumed it was a man based on the clothing. Their stature. Yeah. There is one part in the video where they kind of do like a pose you know, where you put all your weight on one leg and kind of bend the other leg. Yeah, on your hip. When I saw that, I was like, okay, maybe. (laughs) Well, I think the video was creepy because they were, the way they were walking wasn't like a man. The way they were walking was not like a human. (laughs) Well, I know a female human that walks like that. (laughs) I think I do too. (laughs) But... It didn't seem like the way a typical man would walk. It's a very uncommon way to walk, for sure. And also, like, the casual, like, touching of the wall like that. Yes. Was kind of not very masculine. Yeah. This is all very, like, weird. I don't know. Yeah. Just thoughts. But your conventional masculine. That's crazy. So they backed off of their, you know, statement that he was a man. He or she was a man. Again, on April 19th, Brandon spoke to reporters once again, and this time several different news outlets were present. In this interview, Brandon made it clear that he did not want to be interviewed anymore. Because of the comments on his last interview. Well, that's what he said initially, and he asked the reporters to funnel this information to the other media out there. He's not doing any more interviews, but this interview ends up actually going on for 23 plus minutes. Oh my God. (laughs) He's like, I don't want to be interviewed anymore. And then he keeps interviewing with them. He ended up talking about Missy, of course. He again said the same stuff about her that he said earlier. Like, he's appreciative of how Missy 
touched and changed so many people's lives. But he also mentioned that his family needs their privacy and he was over giving sensationalized interviews with so many different news outlets, which the only interview I was aware of at that point was the one that he did the day before. But I don't know. Maybe that one just got sensationalized. Yeah, probably. (sighs) He also, I guess they asked him about who he thought it was or something, Mm -hmm. but he said that he didn't believe the suspect was wearing real tactical gear. He said it was a shoddy attempt to look like an enforcement officer. He speculated some of it could have been like motorcycle gear. Um, That's what I thought it was at first. Yeah. He couldn't identify what type of helmet they were wearing, but he also said that he believes that Missy was not targeted and did not think the suspect knew she was going to be there. I don't know what he's basing that on, but his opinion was that it was an attempted robbery. A robbery of a church. I do I do not think it was a robbery. <laughs> let's get into that donation Nothing was box. taken. <laughs> oh, yeah, the offering plates. Yeah, but let's get those offering plates. <laughs> he additionally mentioned that every day for the past 10 months, Missy, had, it was a very specific time frame for some reason, Missy had made a point to text him saying that she hoped he had a good day and that she loved him. That's very sweet. Mm-hmm. For 10 months. I mean. He counted 10 months. That's very, like. What? <laughs> That's weird. Just keep that right? in your back pocket. Yeah. <laughs> it is weird. It was very specific. A little too specific. Later that same evening, a candlelight vigil was held for Missy at Long Branch Elementary School, where over 100 friends and family were able to come and celebrate her life. So on April 20th, Assistant Police Chief Kevin Johnson addresses the press and states that the Midlothian Police Department had enlisted the help of the ATF, the Texas Rangers, no, not the, I don't even know what sport, sports team. <laughs> the Texas Rangers Walker, are... Walker, and, Texas Rangers. Yeah, it's actually a, <laughs> a, some sort of law enforcement agency. And the FBI. He stated that they were using a police dog to search the inside of the church to look for gunshot residue and or potential explosives for some reason. What? I have no clue. And he announced that they were requesting surveillance footage from nearby businesses. Mm. He also stated that he wanted people to know that Brandon had been cooperative with the police and that his alibi had checked out. We got Because it. after that interview, people were all over him. Well, we know he <laughs> was there. He took a picture at the fucking oyster house. <laughs> yeah. Oh, my God. Facebook don't lie. Yep. It was a company trip. Like, there's people to back it up. So, mm-hmm. be a shame if his wife died during that time. <laughs> Bruh. <laughs> the next day, on April 21st, a warrant for AT&T cell data was requested with a specific interest in information from April 18th, which was the day of the murder, within a five-mile radius of the church between the hours of 3 and 5 a.m., Another press conference was held on April 22nd, requesting, again, help from the public. The same day, Brandon Beaver's father, Randy Beaver's, visited a Midlothian dry cleaners to get some clothes cleaned. Among the clothes he brought, there was a white women's long sleeve shirt, sized XXL, which was covered in blood. He brought that to the dry cleaners. (laughs) Hey, I'd like to get this cleaned. Oh my God. What? So Missy had actually frequented this dry cleaners 
And presumably the employee who helped Randy saw his last name and became suspicious. And as soon as Randy left, one of the employees called the police. <laughs> wow. Yeah. <laughs> Is this guy like senile? <laughs> like No, he wasn't. He was this bloody shirt. Can you clean it for he, me? He he was not even that old. <laughs> he wasn't old enough to have any behaviors that you could excuse. <laughs> excuse. <laughs> excuse. So detectives took the shirt into evidence to test it. And of course, as soon as this news got out to the public, they immediately were like, put him in jail. (laughs) It's Randy. He did it. So because of this, Brandon and Randy actually decided to hold an impromptu press conference outside of the Midlothian police station to try to mitigate some of the heat from the public. Some of the things they said... Only a person trying to hide something would have tried to hide something like that, said Randy. And Brandon stated, the fact that the person at the dry cleaner had the wherewithal to call the police, we need that kind of vigilance. I mean, that's pretty good. Yeah. So they were trying to just mitigate the onslaught of hate that they were about to receive. (laughs) So Randy explained that the blood had come from their pet dog, Kilo who was killed in a fight with another dog at a relative's house. Just throw away the shirt. Dude, why would you save that shirt? Yeah. It has bad memories attached to it, and it's covered in blood. So it probably costs more to get it cleaned than to just replace it. Seriously. So his wife and he had been staying at a relative's house since the murder. I don't know why, but it was since the murder. Randy said shirts belonging to both him and his wife were stained with the dog's blood when they brought the dying animal to the emergency animal hospital. Super sad. But the public continued to vilify Randy. However, Randy and his wife, Vicky, were actually traveling in an RV in California at the time of Missy's murder, which was confirmed by police to be a solid alibi. So. (laughs) Cowboy church. (laughs) Speaking of which... What? I driving into your neighborhood. There oh, was a truck that said Amish, Amish cowboy. cowboy. <laughs> <laughs> Every time I pass it, I'm like, <laughs> what is that? There is a truck in my neighborhood. It's all I literally never see anybody drive it. It's just parked on the side of the fucking street. And it says Amish cowboy on the back. <laughs> I don't know. What is I don't know. But it's embarrassing. To have like, it in the all neighborhood. Right. All right, all right, all right. <laughs> so, yeah, on April 23rd, Missy's funeral was held at their family church, uh, the Cowboy Church. Wow. <laughs> Over 1,000 people attended. Oh, wow. Yeah, it's crazy. That's got to feel good to her up in heaven above. <laughs> you know, like I would probably have oh. maybe 40 people. Oh, God. I'd have six. <laughs> like, <laughs> Come on. Oh, my God. But, yeah, I mean, I'm sure it made her family feel good. Yeah. So, on April 24th, Brandon's mother, Marsha, posted a public letter to Missy's killer on her Facebook page asking the murderer if it was worth it and stating that this person has now ruined their own life. And she's also asking for them to just come forward. Mm -hmm. Do you want me to read it? You can, yeah. Go ahead. Sure. So this is Missy's mom? Missy's mother-in-law. It's Brandon's mom. Oh, okay. Brandon's mom. But this is, remember, they met, Missy and Marsha met 
working together. And that's how she met Brandon. Yeah. And that's whose pullover was covered in blood, right? No. So Brandon's dad presumably remarried at some point. Oh. So he has another. That was his other wife. Okay. Letter to the murderer of Missy Beavers. Do you even realize what you have done to her daughter's husband, our whole family? Was it really worth it? Why did you think this was so necessary? You know who you are. Your husband slash wife and family members know who you are. They know your special walk. Right now, they are as guilty as you are by not coming forward. I honestly pray you do not have children. My granddaughters at least have the knowledge that their mom was a kind-hearted, loving, caring person. You have now ruined your children's life, along with your family's life, by doing this senseless act. We can at least visit Missy's gravesite, even though we have the comfort of knowing she is already in heaven. Your family will get to visit you in prison, forever reminded of your crazy, selfish act. What a legacy you have doled out to your family. I will be praying for all of them. I truly feel worse for your family than mine. Please come forward. Give yourself peace. Give our family some peace. Give some honor back to your family. God will forgive you. We will forgive you because we know and you know that is what Jesus has commanded us to do. Marsha Esri Tucker. Yeah, she signed it. Oh. Literally just probably a desperate yeah. something to yeah. just... She had to get that uh, off her chest. Do something, yeah. She has to, you know, because she's literally helpless, and she was right. very. I would do. I would probably do the same thing. Yeah, just mine would be like, "Fuck you, you bitch." Yeah, mine would not be like, "I will forgive you." Mine would be like, "You're fucking doomed. You're doomed. <laughs> You're doomed. You're doomed." Yeah. Good luck with living the rest of your life. Yeah. Anyways. Oh my god. <laughs> so on April twenty fifth. Police issued another warrant. This warrant requested the cell phone data for the dates of March 1st, 2016, so a month and a half earlier, to April 18th. They listed nine people and 11 numbers, which I think it was because some of the people had multiple numbers. They referred to these numbers in the warrant as, quote, target numbers. I don't know what that means. And the probable cause for this warrant was based on the fact that police had identified nine persons of interest, which it doesn't make sense that they identified nine persons of interest because two of the people were actually Missy and Brandon. But anyway, they identified persons of interest based on the nature of communication between these people and Missy and Brandon that, you know, they had found looking at their cell phones. Midlothian police investigator Cody McKinney, who wrote the warrant, claimed that a portion of these messages, some of which had actually been deleted, indicated and confirmed an ongoing financial and marital struggle between Missy and Brandon. Hmm. Among the people listed on the warrant as a, quote, target number were, like I said, Missy and Brandon themselves. They listed Randy and Vicky Beavers, animal blood shirt, a man named A.J. Tucker and his wife, which... AJ was a fellow Camp Gladiator coach who had been with Missy in Austin the previous weekend. He posted on Facebook after the warrant was released, indicating that people had been going through his trash cans since the warrant came out. But he specified that the people were in black chargers, which is a known police vehicle. Mm -hmm. (laughs) So I think it was police. (laughs) There was also a man named K. 
Kevin Cozine and his wife that were listed on the warrant. Kevin was also into fitness and was a mixed martial arts expert. Kevin and his wife had a daughter that was actually friends with one of Missy and Brandon's daughters. And rumors of an affair between Kevin and Missy had been swirling. Mm. Which actually ended up being true. Yeah. Okay. Missy and Kevin had an affair that became physical. Brandon actually was aware of it, apparently. Weird. And as a result, he and Missy had started going to marriage counseling with the pastor of their church. That sucks. Yeah. On April 26th, Cody McKinney filed another warrant, this time being an emergency warrant for Missy's LinkedIn profile. I didn't even know there was such a thing as an emergency warrant. What does that mean? I have no clue. It was for her profile, which is weird. Under the probable cause, it states that in the course of their investigation, a friend of Missy had told them that less than three days before Missy's murder, Missy had shown this friend that they interviewed a private message from her LinkedIn account. The message was from a male that was unknown to them both, and they both agreed that the message was creepy and strange. They didn't release what the message was. They just said... There was a weird message she got, so we want to look into this. I can't tell you how many weird messages I get on LinkedIn. Really? I get no messages on LinkedIn. Zero. (laughs) I always get these random people adding me, and if I ever add them back, I usually add anyone on LinkedIn because whatever, networking. Yeah. But, like, then they message you, like, weird. Oh, my God. It's not, like, sexual or anything like that but it's just like too friendly a little bit it's just like we don't know each other who are you yeah why are and you messaging sometimes me? i think they're bots or something yeah i did I have know. one person message me but i knew him well knew him because i talked to him on the phone a million times for work mm-hmm. so i was like hey <laughs> oh the only other person i've messaged on linkedin is literally my brother because they have these like pre-written responses and it's really funny oh, to just yes. spam them <laughs> yes. Congrats, 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 congrats. Happy birthday, happy birthday. Yeah. I get so many happy birthday messages from people I don't know on LinkedIn. Oh my God. I'm like, who are you? I must not really be like. You're not LinkedIn. I'm not LinkedIn, man. I'm not LinkedIn. <laughs> it's probably for the best. Yeah. I don't ever look at it either, so I don't really care. <laughs> I don't want creepy messages anyway. So the friend actually could not remember what the person's name was on the account. And then in the warrant, they also said that they had identified another person of interest named Casey Williams through evidence gathered and interviewed him. He confirmed that he had engaged in a series of communications with Missy using LinkedIn and the conversations were intimate in nature. On LinkedIn? Bro, take it somewhere else. What are you doing? Ew. What are you doing? That's creepy. They found that the communications were deleted after the conversation ended and were only able to be partially recovered. On May 20th, Midlothian police held another press conference, this time specifying that the perpetrator's height is between 5'2 and 5'7, but they still cannot confirm gender. They state they are searching for the Nissan Altima that was driving around the SWFA outdoors parking lot the morning of the murder. So they saw that. Yeah. Because they had put out a like request yeah. for surveillance video. And that video that we watched earlier yeah. is literally still on the SWFA Outdoors YouTube channel. 
They put it on their own They put YouTube it on their channel? own YouTube That's channel. That's probably their most watched video. <laughs> I bet. No one else, and the other ones are like, come on down to SWFA Sports. Get a rifle. Get, get, get. A tent. <laughs> a tent. <laughs> and they also stated in that press conference that none of Missy's friends or family were currently suspects. Okay. On May 23rd, Nancy Grace discussed the case on her show. Oh, God. (laughs) On the show, a reporter appears in front of the gym that Missy regularly went to. The gym manager told the reporter that two weeks before her murder, Missy had stopped going in altogether, which was extremely unlike her. Hmm. Extremely unlike her. She was a fitness nut, like crazy. But she was out of town doing that. But that was only for a few days. Oh. Not two weeks. She had been going there for three years, and she and the gym manager were very friendly. And so he was totally confused and thought it was really strange. On May 25th, a People magazine interview with Brandon had been published. In the interview, Brandon states that he thinks the killer is a woman that Missy knew and cleared up a rumor that was going around about Missy's wedding ring being taken by the killer, saying it was not taken. On May 26th, Nancy Grace yet again discusses the case on her show, saying that friends, students, and acquaintances of Missy had been getting friend requests from a profile with Missy's name after the murder. She reports that there were over 30 requests that were made. It was like only people that knew her, which is weird. That's sick. Yeah. It's probably some troll, but yeah, yeah, I mean. Probably someone... Probably looked at her friends list because her Facebook is very public still. I looked at it today and you can look at her whole friends list and everything. So the lab results of Randy Beaver's bloody shirt were released on June 6th, confirming that the blood on the shirt was indeed from an animal. So he's just that daft to (laughs) bring bloody shirt to a dry cleaner. (sighs) After your daughter-in-law was murdered. (laughs) Dude. (laughs) What are you doing? Throw it away. That's so What if his wife was just like, I have to have this shirt back. (laughs) I love that shirt. That was my favorite blouse. I have to have that blouse back. You got to take it to the dry cleaners, Randy. You got to clean it up. (laughs) Got to get it cleaned. Oh, my God. So initially, a reward was set at $10,000 before doubling to $20,000 and then rising to $50,000. Man. As of 2021, the award has increased to $150,000. This person hasn't been found yet? Missy's case remains unsolved. What the fuck? Yep. I'm sorry to tell you. What the fuck? It remains unsolved. Mallory! I'm sorry. (laughs) I know it's very disappointing. (laughs) They're still out there. The fuck? Do we know what she died from? All that has been released is that she had the puncture wounds to the head and chest. They haven't even said what the person was carrying. I mean, it looks like a crowbar I in the video. I was anticipating but... a resolution. <laughs> I'm sorry. Oh, my God. This one is one of those that I'm just like, how the fuck in a small town? How have you not found this well, person? They haven't had a murder in seven years. They they don't know how to investigate murder, I don't know. I'm sure. I don't know. But I will say, just on that note, they did not interview her best friend until recently. She walked into the police station herself and was like, I want to talk to you guys. You've not talked to me. What are you doing? That's crazy. I can believe that, though. Yeah. 
I think there's a degree of incompetency or just inexperience. Or just like overworked, like doing other things that they don't like. Yeah. Take the proper time. Or they're not used to what all goes into something this serious. So Midlothian police chief Carl Smith was interviewed by a news outlet in 2021. And he said, sometimes it seems like we are being silent and that silence cannot be mistaken for a lack of activity. Certainly, we don't have enough information that has yielded or generated enough for an arrest warrant. Until then, it's hard to say where we are at. It's very difficult to say we are any closer than we were since the day this has happened. So how does Brandon feel about this? Is he very vocal? Like, in, like He is mildly active in, kind of, in the Missy Beaver subreddit. Mm-hmm. Also, one of my sources was a two-part YouTube series that was really good by someone named Stephanie Harlow. And he, oh, yeah. You know who she is? Yeah. Okay. And he, like, comment on her videos. So he's still, like, in the mix, but I don't know. But is he, like, upset that nothing's been done? He's not. I would be he's furious. He's not protesting. He's not making a scene, as all I'll say. I would be, too. It's been six years. Six So he also said, we're putting our due diligence into the investigation, not sparing any expense and not sparing any effort. They said that tips are received about the case still on a daily basis. They couldn't get the license plate from that car from that video? I don't think so. The video was actually pretty good quality, but it was. maybe they did and they just haven't talked about it. Because I was wondering about that, too. And I was like looking at the subreddit and... Nobody has really talked about the life. The only thing they talked about was there was actually like a little circle on the bumper that some people were like, oh, that's just the reflection of the sign of the store. But it stays even when they're like pulling out and stuff. So I think it's like a bumper sticker, but you can't tell what it's of or anything. Oh Um, my God, I hate this. So this is one of those cases that like I found out about a while ago And I really tried to find out everything that there was about it. There wasn't much at that time, which still is not. But I wanted to talk about this person because it's really weird. There was one man who I thought was really suspicious back when I heard about this case. He's since been cleared, but I wanted to mention him because he worked parking detail or something for Missy's funeral. His name is Bobby Henry. And I didn't even know his name until now because all I had seen at that point was a video of news coverage of her funeral. And the videographer would randomly like just quickly film people walking into the funeral or whatever. He focused on this man. And it's because of the way this man walks. He walks just like the person in the video, the surveillance footage. And I have it here if you want to see it. Yes. I have so many videos for you tonight. <laughs> I love it. So this this cameraman who's filming the service. It's a news, some kind of news channel. Oh, okay. Yep. So this guy, he's filming this parking attendant and he has this walk that's very similar, very, very similar to the walk of the person that was inside the church. And it's just so unique. He's like, he's like a heavier set in the middle guy, middle age. Like filming him walking around the parking lot, zooming in on his feet, walking like he obviously his spidey senses were tingling. Yes, his spidey senses were definitely tingling. And I can see why, because like he has almost like an effeminate stature. He does. Putting his hands on his hips and that 
same like duck walk type mm-hmm. thing. But you said he was cleared. So let me tell you about this guy. So in the fall of 2019, the police realized that a tip had been phoned in multiple times during the investigation. The new lead was regarding former Lancaster police officer Bobby Henry. He was also a former tactical officer who admitted to police that he still owned his riot gear, but it didn't fit him anymore, he said. Henry was a licensed security guard who worked Missy's funeral and... Guess what? He attended church at Creekside Church of Christ, where Missy was murdered. This doesn't sound good. No. Henry was suspended from the police force due to an aggravated sexual assault in 1996. Are you kidding me? This guy's a bad dude. There was another vehicle that the police didn't enlist the help of the public in finding. It was a dark SUV that was actually seen leaving the church parking lot on the same morning around 4.30 a.m. (gasps) And I didn't know about this until literally after I wrote my notes for the podcast. (laughs) I didn't know about it. That's how it always goes. I was like, ugh. So he owned a similar car to that vehicle that they were looking at, looking for information on. And he also walked in a very unique way. Police actually sought the advice of a forensic podiatrist. Didn't know that existed. (laughs) There's a forensic everything. Yeah. (laughs) It's crazy. They compared the walk of Henry and the masked assailant in the video footage, but the findings were inconclusive. However, the main issue with Henry being a suspect in Missy's murder was that he was six foot one. So he's significantly taller than they thought that person was. Mm-hmm. But um, how, how are they judging that? I think what they do is like take like the height of the door they and they compare it. Put another person in the same spot and film them here like do some measurements to see how where their head you know i don't know i'm sure they have lots of ways yeah i feel like a ghost just touched my knee they probably did (laughs) sorry (laughs) i was like did my knee just touch mallory and i was like nope no i got a couple inches (laughs) ghost touched me police ended up actually issuing a search warrant for electronic devices for Bobby Henry. And they found multiple devices that contained child pornography. Oh, no. Why is this so common? I don't know. This is, like, literally so disgusting. Like, yeah, bothers me so much. I bet it does even more now that you have a child. <laughs> I mean, I mean, it think about yourself. Me too, but... Think about yourself. And then think about your partner. Think about men in general. And then think about people who think about children. That's just like unheard of for me. Like I can't even wrap my head I around it. Don't and understand. the fact that it is so common disturbs me on a super deep level. I think it's a lot more common than everyone realizes too. Because not everybody that has those urges acts on it. I just want to blast off into another planet. Yeah, let's do that. So in June 2017, Henry was arrested for pornography charges and took part in an interview from jail with Dallas's WFAA News. He denied knowing Missy or even her name, which doesn't make any sense because he worked her funeral. Whoa. Okay, here. Theory, not real. Like, I'm just talking. Mm-hmm. Alleged. Whatever I need to say for everyone to understand that this is not a Literally fact. understand that I'm not saying that this is a fact. Like he or this person who was in the church walking around 
they went into the nursery area. You know, because yeah, it has because that, the half door. The half door. They always have that thing at churches. What if you wanted to steal some dirty diapers or something? Maybe. I mean, you never know. I feel really dumb because until you said, oh, that's probably a nursery, I was like, oh, that's what those doors are for. I just remember <laughs> from church when I was younger, they had that, like, so. I always could, knew they had them, but I didn't realize so what the they kids, were for. So the kids couldn't get out, but they could yeah. talk to the parents and, like. Yeah. It makes <laughs> a lot of sense now. <laughs> Oh, my God. So for some reason, he denied knowing Missy or her name, even though he worked her funeral at this point. So I don't get it. That's really weird. But eventually his alibi for the night of Missy's murder was corroborated. He was released without charge after 70 days in jail. And to date, he still has not been charged for the child pornography in his possession. Why? Don't know. (laughs) I don't know. And then he was ruled out as a person of interest in Missy's homicide. But I remember when I found out about this case, it was probably, I don't know, it was a few years ago. I didn't know this about him. But when I saw that video of him walking, my jaw dropped. And I was like, this is him. Like, (laughs) Because you can imagine this guy, the way he's walking, the way he puts his hands on his hips, the way his gait is. Yeah. You can imagine him just like dragging his hand along the wall, like very casual. That was the same demeanor or yes. vibe that he had in the video mm-hmm. that the reporter took at the funeral. Mm-hmm. So I'm like in disbelief that he's been cleared. It's, I don't know. Everything's so weird. <sighs> it's crazy. So, yeah, I just wanted to talk about that guy because I was like, surely this is the guy. But apparently not. I don't know. Hmm. How do they corroborate alibis if you're just going on like word of mouth from somebody else? Like... I don't think they can. I think they would have but to have But then they'll proof. like, really? Yeah. I think they would have to have like solid evidence. Okay. That's what. Corroborate. Corroborate. <laughs> I couldn't say it earlier. Corroborate. <laughs> Means like they would have to have like other people saying you were there. Footage. Pictures. Geolocation. Weird. Like. Yeah. Like cell phone data. Something. Or something. Right. Right, Joey? Right, Joey? <laughs> So there's just one podcast that follows the case very closely. And one of the hosts actually used to work with Missy. I'm not going to actually mention their name because unfortunately, not a lot of people online have great things to say about them, saying that they're irresponsible with what information they put out. They're hurting the case and they're very biased. For example, and I didn't actually listen to the podcast. Well, I did listen to like maybe 15 minutes of it and I turned it off because... There was a recent episode where they interviewed an Ozzy Osbourne impersonator, or like he was in a tribute band, you know, that kind of thing. Yeah. Who basically accused this one lady that he knows of the murder, stating her full name on the podcast. They didn't edit it out. What the hell? And and this man didn't even know the details about Missy's murder. He literally had to be told by the podcast host, like, how it happened. So. (laughs) That's really... You know, they put out this episode, everybody goes crazy, like, oh my God. But they're literally accusing this person of murder that may, and probably is innocent. <laughs> yeah. Some random Ozzy Osbourne Just some random. guy. Yeah. That's really unprofessional. I think they like to have guests a lot because they, like, I browsed their Facebook page and they had, like, another person on that was, like, friends of friends of friends or something like that. And I was mm. like, okay. Come on. Yeah. Like, just 
there's not a whole lot of information that we know about this. And sometimes you just have to accept it. (laughs) I hate that. I don't want to accept it. I know. I don't either. But kind of is how it is. I hope her children are okay. Yeah, that's probably really tough. I don't know. So, you know, despite the case not having any resolution, obviously I hope Missy's going to get justice someday. You know, seeing what happened with the Delphi case, maybe yeah, there's some hope. Yeah. So maybe it can happen with this case too, but. I really anyways. hope so. That's it. Wow. Yeah. So, I mean, I remember hearing the name Missy Beavers, mm-hmm. but I never like, I guess I read it as Bevers, but I never really looked into it. So I, I'm shocked. I really thought there was going to be some kind of resolution, like it was a a lover of the husband or... There's so many, like, possibilities here. Oh. Like, there's so many theories. Like, there's a theory that Brandon took out a hit on her. There's a theory that it's a woman that knew her. Somebody had said it was, like, you know, the wife of the person that she had an affair with. Mm-hmm. There's theories from everywhere. But yeah, I have thoughts. I mean, but... I think we can talk about theories, but... You can't go and literally accuse somebody and say their name and not edit it out on a podcast. <laughs> like, <laughs> Yeah, like just out of Dude. nowhere. Yeah. See, that is stuff we don't do on Rabbit Hole Happy Hour. Yeah. And if you think we do, you're very mistaken. <laughs> Anyways, so my source is Stephanie Harlow on YouTube. She has a two-part video series. It's really good. Season one, episode four of Lies, Crimes, and Video on Discovery Plus. The episode is called Murder in the Church. Also got information from CBS News, Uncovered.com, NBC, Dallas-Fort Worth 5, and TrueCrimeEdition.com. That was awesome. I mean. It's disappointing, but it's very, it's a very creepy case. It's very. I I hope this is something that we continue to follow and there's resolution at the I end. hope so too, yeah. dude. Like Delphi. Oh I. Yeah. I mean, we don't have 100% resolution yet, but we're getting there, which yeah. got, like, I can't believe we were just talking about Delphi. Yeah. Remember? Yeah. Like, the episode prior. Yes. We were literally, like, I always think about Abby and Libby, like, almost every day. It's yeah. It's so fucking weird. I do too like, now, especially now. Well, now, yeah, but, like, uh, just checking up on everything, you know. Yeah. Well, now I'll add Missy to my list to check up on, mm-hmm. and hopefully we can find out who did this and she can have justice. Yeah. But. Oh, my God. Yeah. It's a crazy one. But she sounds like an amazing person. Yeah, she does. I wish I was like that. I wish <laughs> I, too. <laughs> I, I wish I could get up Fuck. at three in the morning and, like, to help other people become their best self. Yeah, I know, Fuck. right? can barely that's what makes own. it so tragic too yeah. it's like that's literally what she was going to do and then she just got killed by some random person that yeah was for in the what church. for what yeah for what that's what i want to know it's for what she was about to help some people get fit oh i need missy in my life yeah get me off my ass yeah anyway it's crazy so if you want to give us five stars you can leave us a review <laughs> If you want to give us less than that, you can email us and let us know. And we would be happy to address any of your thoughts and concerns. Mm-hmm. Join our Facebook group. Join our Facebook group. Follow us on Instagram. Yeah. We follow everyone back. We try to at least. Yeah. So, yeah. It was great to see you, Mallory. Oh, it was great to see you too. It's been a little bit. A couple of weeks. 
But yeah. Thanks, guys. Thank you. And we're going to say goodbye now. We're going to say bye-bye. Bye, bye, bye. Bye. Love you, bye. Bye.